WildTalkRadio.com. Theme song! This is the Firefly Funhouse! And I want to introduce you to some very special friends that I've met along the way. Hey, this is Adam Copeland, a.k.a. the Rated R Superstar. Hey guys, this is Renee Paquette. This is Kane from WWE. This is WWE Superstar Drew McIntyre. Hello, this is WWE Hall of Famer, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Hi, this is Bree, and this is Nikki, and we're the Battle Twins. This is Christopher Daniels, and what I like to do on my office is listen to the rap, and now you are and it is awesome. Satisfaction is guaranteed. It's time to experience the award-winning The Rack. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. I love kickball. I'm back, taking souls and digging holes. I'm going to break you, bitch, you hear me? You can love, but you can't touch. Ruthless <laughs> aggression. With your host. They've been lying to you. Heroes don't exist. Y'all become addicted to the illusion of what a hero does for you. Have I mentioned that I was uh, once addicted to eating sponges? Lindsay Ward. Look at me, woman. And you can just call me Taker. Oh my god, it's Taker. Taker, Taker, Taker. Does Taker hate me? Oh my god, it's Taker. And she was a wicked, wicked child who spat and swore and chewed tobacco. I like puppets. Stickers! And her producer, Sir Rockin. My little creatures of the night will now experience the magical art of puppetry. <laughs> what the game is playing. Live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. We're here. Yowie wowie. Welcome to The Rack right here on WildTalkRadio.com. Brought to you by our friends over at MBG Films. Check them out YouTube.com slash MBG1211. And if you're listening to us over on RackRadioShow.com, WildTalkRadio.com, directly on Twitch, thank you so much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. If you're on Twitch and you have to have a Prime Gaming sub available, well, you can use it here for free for 30 days. All you have to do is hit the little purple button down at the bottom of the screen and you can subscribe for free. It is that simple. You can also subscribe the regular way, follow the channel, hang out and chat, or listen to the archive. We are happy to have you any way we can get you. I'm your host, Lindsay Ward. Joining me, as always, is the ever-faithful producer slash co-host slash handyman, Sir Rockin. We're here. We're live. We're doing a thing. It's the rack. Live here on the Wild Talk Radio Network. Please, I'll talk radio at Record Radio Show at Lindsworth. Come on, I'll talk radio network. On Twitch, twitch.tv slash WTLive, wildtalkradio.com, and recradioshow.com to talk to us about everything that happened down at the Elimination Chamber. You can tweet us at wildtalkradio, recradioshow, and Lindsworth. I think I said that already, but if I didn't, there you go. It's the second time. Tweet us, do the thing, talk to us, and interact. Other things. Yes, come hang out and chat. We're happy to talk to you. We'd love to talk to you. Because we have stuff to talk about. We have news. We have notes. We have Elimination Chamber. 
as Rock said, and I say we don't waste any time, we just jump right into the news brought to you by our friends over at mbgfilmsyoutube.com slash mbg1211. And this is where I ask the question. Yes. Do you want to do the rant at the beginning? No, we, at the we, middle? We, or at the end? Middle. Middle? Okay. All yeah. right. Rock has opinions that he must share. I has opinions, yes. So, starting out, we have exciting news for Sonia Deville. She is engaged, so congratulations to her and her soon-to-be wife. Very happy news for them. Made people's Twitter and everything. Congrats to them. So, go them. Very go. happy. Can't oh. wait to see the pictures. Hopefully, they put them out. They, I bet they will. Well, I mean, you never want to assume that, like, a celebrity is going to put out their wedding pictures. Well, like, if their engagement it, photos are on, you know, on people, I mean. Well, I know that, but they're just... That doesn't mean they're going to sell the wedding photos. No, they're definitely going to sell the wedding photos. Should do it. Make the money. Make the money. Secure the bag. Get anyway, your, move- get, get yours. <laughs> get yours. Moving on from there, Snickers and 2K are the proud presenting sponsors for WrestleMania this year, so tune in for that. Yeah. Uh, once again, the 2K and Snickers joint, we will present uh, WrestleMania. All the things. Congrats to them. The Snickers has been the presenting sponsor for years now. And hey, two- they're happy to do it, and we're happy to have them. Uh, there you go. Moving on from there, Colby Carino has signed with WWE, so congratulations to him. Yeah, I wonder where he got that in from. I don't know if his father or anything is involved in the company at all. No, no, no. I don't think so. No, no. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Possibly. Uh, it, y- you know, he, yeah, he's on the staff. Steve Carino works <laughs> for WWE. He didn't pick up on that. I'm sure Colby is a good wrestler or a good budding wrestler, and that's why they signed him as well. That's what we're going to go with. No, he's a good, no, he's really good. Colby is really good. Very talented. They had a match like a year ago together. Well, there you go. And speaking of very talented and legendary and awesome and amazing and just, you know, modelicious, Tyler Breeze will be playable in 2K23. So, yay. WWE 2K23, I should say. So, congratulations to him. Yeah. So, they made the announcement on the uh, Above Down Down live stream the other day. Uh, He's in the video game. He's a WWE legend. Um, And he was also part of him and Woods are officially characters for you can select them as GMs in my GM mode in WWE 2K23. Which I think is really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. So... Again, congratulations to him. Yeah, so that's really cool. He's his overall seventy-seven in the video game. I mean, it could be higher. It could be higher. Becky Lynch is ninety-six, the highest overall, and I think Taker's in ninety-five. Ooh, Becky outscored Taker. Ooh, she's the highest I think in the game. I think, unless maybe Roman is. Roman might be higher. I think Roman's ninety-seven. So yeah, there you go. There you go. All right, we're we're we've got the rant. We need to talk about it. So AEW had a big announcement last night on Dynamite as a follow-up replacement to Roads to the Top. AEW has announced AEW All Access, which is a reality show. That will be centered around different personalities for AEW and their lives on the road with the wrestling company. You has a fancy press release, so please read their fancy press release. TBS has greenlit its first new unscripted series of 2023, further expanding its all-elite wrestling franchise with AEW All Access, a follow doc from the perspectives of the league's biggest stars. New series, which just announced during was just announced during another red-hot episode of TBS's AEW Dynamite, is slated to premiere this March. Build as the ultimate behind-the-scenes experience for fans, the series will feature Adam Cole, 
Bebe, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Sammy Guevara, Tay Conte, The Young Bucks, Sariah, Wardlow, and Eddie Kingston, along with AEW CEO, GM, and Head of Creative, Tony Khan. Each episode will showcase AEW stars as they navigate the week-to-week challenges to remain at the top and will track the rivalries between talent as they vie for fans' attention. Over the course of the series, viewers will get their chance to follow the, uh, the lead-up to AEW's major wrestling events and matches. AEW All Access will complement TBS and TNT's portfolio portfolio of top-rated wrestling content, including AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage, respectively. AEW has such an amazing and loyal and dedicated fan base that this brings in more than 4 million viewers to TBS every Wednesday night, said Jason Solanas, the president, Turner Network's ID and HLN, linear and streaming. With All Access, we bring we are bringing the incredible audience a whole new way to experience the wrestling universe we love. We have a powerful partnership with Tony Khan and AEW. With this new series, we are expecting the franchise in a way that invites viewers inside the world of wrestling like never before. That's not entirely accurate, but okay. We're always looking for new ways to engage to for, with fans and give them unique access to our incredible talent. With the new AEW All Access series, they'll have a chance to preek behind the curtain into the lives of their favorite wrestlers like never before. To show the human side of some of these larger-in-life figures, we'll give fans a rare perspective about those of these wrestlers who are who wrestlers are when the cameras aren't typically on. <sighs> okay, here we go. Going back up in the press release. AEW has such an amazing and loyal, amazingly loyal and dedicated fan base that brings in more than 4 million viewers to TBS every Wednesday night. When you read that, that says AEW Dynamite has 4 million viewers every week. Nope. They are counting the 7, a, 7 p.m. hour, you know, the hour before the show, and the two hours following the show. To count for 4 million viewers for, for AEW Dynamite. Way to rig the stats in your favor. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out why they would do the two hours after. Because they're stupid. Um, This is a new marketing technique. And they're using new analytics to say, hey, this is what they're bringing into the, to the thing. It's like... No, it's your series, the AEW series, and this is this is press releases from um, TBS, TNT, Turner, whatever, Warner Media, not AEW directly, even though it's written like an AEW press release. This, but the quote was from a TBS guy, so whatever. Um, yeah, the show which they posted on press release today for one million viewers for the TV show last night contradicts you know there are four million viewers per week. They're airing commercials. They were all during the holidays. Hey, they we get three million viewers. It's like no, you don't. And people are like trying to justify it. It's like there's no justification in making up numbers. You can go, oh, was it their streaming numbers? No, it was no. They're calculated into the percentage. Of it. Was it was it their DVR? No, DVR plus seven is a totally different number. And there's not three other million fans. If they were, they would be making billions of dollars. I want to see how they're they're tabulating that because it's like for TV, I can understand how you would count the 15 before and the 15 after. Because you've got that overlap audience between the show before and the show after. I just don't understand the two, like an hour before I can kind of maybe justify, but like the two hours afterwards from 10 to midnight, I'm not sure I understand why they're calculating that in unless you're having like stream, you're calculating like streaming numbers, but even then it wouldn't be up on the streaming platform yet. It, there is a slight delay on it going up to the streaming platform. So I guess maybe DVR, I guess people who have started late. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't quite understand the two hours after. Like, I would really want to see how they're calculating that and what's what their strategy is to understand that. Because I work in marketing. And that makes no sense to me whatsoever why they would do that. Because I know how traditional TV is more or less calculated. 
and you don't count the two hours afterwards. You, it's generally like the 15 before and the 15 after. That's it, yeah. Because that's how they mark the demos, mm-hmm. is by in 15-minute increments. So the, I... They're suggesting that AEW is bringing in 4 million viewers to their network every week. It's like, no... A month, like I can justify a month because it's like they're doing a ride around a million, a little bit less, a little bit more, depending on the week. A week, so yeah, if it's a four week month, then yeah, you're doing four million a, a month, but four million a week. I want to, I want to see the numbers. I really do. Like, I'm not saying that they're not doing it. I just want to see how they're calculating it because I want to understand how they're calculating it. Because because te- or, uh, not teenage. AEW is very, very proud of touting their numbers and what they do in the ratings and what they do in the demo every single week. And so their numbers are out there and they're doing, like I said, a little bit under a million generally. Sometimes they hit above, sometimes they hit right at, but generally speaking, AEW hits right around eight, 850 to 900,000 people consistently every week. So the fact that they're coming out and they're saying there's 4 million people a week when the when the Nielsen rating is 850 to 900,000 people a week, there's a huge discrepancy. Now, I know you can calculate in DVR and you can calculate in streaming and that will so, certainly bolster that number but that's quite not, a bit. But, that's the number but it's no, not 4 million. No one ever checks that number. No one no one cares about this DVR plus 7. No, they don't, no one reports DVR plus 7. When you're doing when you're doing stuff like this, they do because oh I know I understand but what uh, what what the main number of people are attracted to is the the day after number and that's what they're, they're they always talk about and that's what they brag about and that's what the man's brought up in chat have have they always been doing this no this is this is a new skewing number for the last few months where TBS Turner Warner Media has been promoting a hey this is the number of viewers that appear on a, on a Wednesday night thanks to AEW and crediting AEW for bringing in their audience. That's what they're doing. What this sounds like to me is they're selling it to advertisers. Yes, 100%. <laughs> is there this is this is a sales tactic that they're using for advertisers that it's to make AEW slightly more attractive to to people that are looking to get their messages out there because the window, not just AEW, just the window on a Wednesday night. Yeah, just the window, but like in general make AEW cuz obviously advertisers are very sensitive to when their product is running and you know we know that AEW is not the most family-friendly product there's nothing wrong with that but specific advertisers don't want their product associated with with something that is maybe not family-friendly because they are a family-friendly brand so it's trying to make AEW an attractive property for more or larger advertisers that are looking to spend money Advertisers potentially like, I don't know, Snickers or other other larger companies that they're trying to get those big gets of, hey, look, we're doing four million a week. We're doing more. We're doing more than WWE in a week. Come spend your money with us. That's what they're saying. Yeah. And when when you actually look at the hard numbers, it doesn't add up. Yeah, because it's like just to kind of go back to the four million. I do part of what I do is reporting. And if you do an overall where you calculate the day after the streaming and the DVR and you add up all the numbers, you can sometimes fudge it and you can sometimes round it. In this, there's a lot of fudging going on. It's kind of sus. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be completely honest. Like, it's kind of sus. Like... You can kind of round it, like if it's if it's a weird number. Um, typically, it's like sometimes you can you know say it's like three point four, and there's a bunch of numbers after that. You can sometimes round it up to three point five, or get it close to where it's a nice round even number. Um, so that way, when advertisers look at that, they're like, oh hey, that's nice. 
as opposed to just a bunch of numbers on a screen where they're like, wow, that seems like a lot, but I don't know, because you want to make it as simple as possible. Um, but nevertheless, the show is is a replacement for Rose the Top. I would be interested to see how it does, because Rose to the Top did not fare well at all. It kind of crashed and burned. Because they didn't have a, an actual time slot. They didn't have an actual time slot, but it just it didn't do well. And AEW dis- fans disparaged reality TV. They disparaged WWE for doing things like Total Divas and Total Bellas and Ms. and Mrs. and all the other reality programming that they do. And now here comes Tony Khan swinging in with AEW All Access. And they're essentially, it's essentially like the equivalent of their Total Divas or Total Bellas, where it's going to center around key players in AEW and you're going to have Tony Khan be in it as well. Which I find very interesting. Um, somebody, somebody wants a star, you know, a little bit, a little bit of a vanity project. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I just find it curious. So I'm very, very interested to see how the fans react, what they do with it, um, and it, and if it's successful. Because from from my standpoint, this could do for AEW what it did for the women in WWE, where it interests people in the actual human being that is. Adam Cole and Britt Baker, for example, and how that relationship works and the ups and downs of their relationship and, you know, Adam's struggles and Britt's struggles and all those things, right? And it invests you in the person. So when you see them on on TV, you're like, yeah, those are my people from the reality show. And they're looking to bring in that crossover audience, which did work for WWE when they did the reality shows and when they do the reality shows. I know plenty of people who have said to me, oh, hey, yeah, I was watching Total Divas and I watched WWE and they want to talk with me about it. So it's like, it's people I work with. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know that that kind of shit works. So it will, it will be a very interesting thing to see how this impacts AEW's numbers and if they go up and if they're able to attract that crossover audience as a result of the show. I'm going to read you one tweet about the show and then we'll move on. From Eddie mm-hmm. Kingston, who's in the show. Yeah, so I'm in this. Haven't seen what they edited, it, so who knows how I look in this thing. To be honest, I don't care. It was, was weird having a camera on me when I don't want it. But they got me, so watch. I bet any amount of money that real Britt Breaker is great in it. That doesn't sum up the show. I don't know what does. Wow, that's that's a rousing endorsement. Who's that from? Eddie Kingston. Oh, well, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, there's some people who are for it. There's some people who are against it. Obviously, there are people who are more attractive to a reality TV con, like sort of content and audience and that kind of thing because of their personality and the way that they present on TV. Like I could see how Eddie Kingston would be somebody who's very attractive because he's a little rough around the edges and kind of seeing how he is backstage and sort of how he lives and that kind of thing. I think they probably think that somebody would be interested in that. And we'll see if these, these made up these fights. I mean, that happened backstage between Eddie Kingston and Sam and Guevara were all caught on camera because if they were, Ding, ding, ding. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. There's your stage reality television. Yeah, I will say this. Obviously, it's reality in quotations. Very, very loose reality. But Follow doc. They're calling it a follow doc. A follow doc, yeah, because that's still not scripted. Um, So we'll see. When does it come out? No. See, here's the thing. If you got to send out a press release, you should have a date. It's slated to premiere this March. Like, that was the weird thing. So they had... A- Adam Cole announced that, that it's happening because he's going to wrestle the same night because it'll be his first match back. But they didn't tell you when. <laughs> I mean, it's going to air all, It's going to air after after Dynamite on Wednesdays. They don't tell you when. If you're going to have a press release, you should have a date. No. Or you just make up. You did an announcement and you said something, and well, 
here we are. Here we are. And, so we'll see. And finally tonight. We'll see how it goes. And finally tonight, and you know, for the final story of the night, I should say, the Ass Boys have re-signed with AEW. Those Congratulations top, to them. The top tier talent of the Gun Club are sticking with AEW. They are your AEW Tag Team Champions of the World. Yep, go and, Ass Boys. So, did you like how I put it in the sheet? I did. So with that, we are going to take our first and only break of the evening, and when we come back, we are going to be talking all about Elimination Chamber. So you're listening to Rack right here on MalltalkRadio.com, and we will be right back. Every Sunday night, the evolution continues with Wrestle Talk Radio, giving you all the latest happenings in sports entertainment. With the intern, the producer, the original Tim Stein, and sometimes a case sheet. It's WTR Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Mountain, only on the Wild Talk Radio Network. Are you following us on twitch.tv slash WTR live? Do you have Amazon Prime? If so, you can link it to your Twitch account and subscribe to our Twitch channel for free with Twitch Prime. It's the easiest way to help support us for free. Like what you hear? Subscribe to The Rack on Apple Podcasts. Just search for The Rack Radio Show. And while you're there, leave us a review and tell us your thoughts on your favorite show on a Thursday night. Every Monday night, once Monday Night Raw ends, the Raw Post Show goes live. You want to hear a story? Give me a hell yeah! Join Lindsay and Sir Rockin' as they give their opinions on what they liked. What? What they didn't like. What? And what left them completely confused. What? It's the Raw Post Show. What? Monday nights. What? 11 p.m. Eastern. What? Live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. And that's the bottom line. Go, 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 Simpson. Did you know you can use support a creator code ROCK and SOCK in the Fortnite item shop? That's R O C K N S O C K in the Fortnite item shop. That's a hashtag ad because we are a hashtag epic partner. This is the undisputed future of WWE, Seth Rollins, and you are listening to The Rack on Wild Talk Radio. Welcome back to The Rack right here on WildTalkRadio.com, brought to you by our friends over at 
MBG Films, check them out at youtube.com slash MBG1211. And if you're listening to us over on rockradioshow.com, walltalkradio.com, or directly on Twitch, thank you so much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. And if you're on Twitch and you happen to have a Prime Gaming sub available, you can use it here for free for 30 days. All you have to do is hit the little purple button down at the bottom of the screen and you can subscribe for free. It is that simple. You can also subscribe the regular way, follow the channel, hang out and chat, or listen to the archive. We are happy to have you any way we can get you. And with that, we are going to jump right into our Elimination Chamber review. It was this past Saturday, coming out of Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And it was on the Peacocks in the U.S. And it was on the WWE Networks everywhere else and fine pay-per-view provider everywhere. This show, the show was so good. It was. It was a good show. Like, normally, normally Chamber's kind of that throwaway show where it doesn't really matter. It's not important. They don't really do a lot at it. They might set up, like, one WrestleMania angle or the final WrestleMania angles, but they're never really the big ones unless you're The Undertaker and you just don't want to work the whole two months between Rumble and Mania. So, they set it up at Elimination Chamber or right before. Um, no offense to the Undertaker. Completely respect it here in the right. But that's literally what they would always set up Taker's angles was that It was like right at or after Elimination Chamber. Um, but anyway. So, I don't know about you, but years of history um, just kind of lets you walk into the show with a little bit of lesser expectations. Minus the main event, because we knew that was going to be good. And I was really very pleasantly surprised horrified at times at people trying to severely injure themselves but this was overall a very good very entertaining show it was fun three hours like it didn't drag which was really really nice um so let's let's start at the top opening the show was your women's elimination chamber match this was to decide who gets bianca belair at wrestlemania so you had Asuka taking on Carmella, taking on Liv Morgan, taking on Natalia, taking on Nikki Cross, taking on Raquel Rodriguez. And I just have to ask this question. Raquel, honey, what did you do to your boobs? It's not good to smush them like that. They don't like that. Don't do that to them. Be nice to your friends. I'll be nice back. I thought Liv Morgan was an MVP in this match. I thought oh, she, she had a helmet. Thought she had a hell of a performance. I thought her sunset flip powerbomb was amazing with Raquel. I thought oh, uh, that was really well done. I thought Carmella was an MVP for all her trash talking in this matchup. Like her being a chicken shit always works and has always worked, but she's also trying to back it up with her trash talking. And her going back into the pod was was a great move on her part. Um, I thought overall it was a really really well done match. I thought Nikki's spot was cool. Coming off the chamber onto all the girls. Um, everyone looked good. Yeah, that's, that's the best way to put it. I thought everyone looked good in this match. I thought everyone got a spot that, that, that worked. I thought people performed above and beyond. Liv tapped out to a sharpshooter and a, the uh, crossface thing from Asuka and, and Natalia, where she liked her pain. So that gimmick continues. But overall, good, enjoyable match. And the one thing I told you afterwards was like this match didn't drag at all Mm -mm. no this match had some really wonderful chemistry going on in it like i was a little hesitant about this because i just didn't know how everything was going to flow but they did a really nice job on the pacing with this you had the right people in the ring at the right time 
And the one thing that I have to applaud the women on, not that they've ever shied away from this before, but they were not afraid to get physical with the chamber. They were not afraid to use it. Um, there's a meme of Liv Morgan being choked out on the chains in the chamber, in case anybody's curious. Um, but yeah, Damn. Liv gets... Like, everybody gets a shout-out. I'll give Natty a huge shout-out, because she, she went for it in this, and I have to applaud her for that, um, along with everybody else that you mentioned before. But yeah, this was this was fantastically good. I enjoyed it. What was interesting about it, so they don't, it used to be every four minutes, every five minutes, there was a time limit. It's now regularly in timed interval, so it means, hey, whenever there's a lull, we can send open up the pod and bring someone else in. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that worked for both the men's and women. Yeah, that was a nice change. It's like Be, you're not gonna you don't you're, you're not counting the time every time. It's like oh, when we're ready, we'll send someone in. Yeah, which makes a lot more sense because it was always awkward if you like had everybody get eliminated and then you had one person in the ring and people are in the pods, and you're just waiting for someone to get basically released. It's like no, now we're gonna time it a little bit differently and we're gonna do it a little bit differently. And I think that made all the difference in the world and how the matches flowed. And how they all worked. Because you got the right amount of people in the ring at the right amount of time. You didn't have to wait till the end for everybody to be out. Which was always a concern. Um, you you could get people as you needed to. Um, and Carmella, like you said, was fantastic. Like Overall, I just really liked this. I really enjoyed this. In the end, Asuka got to shine the most. Asuka was the was your victor. She's going to get Bianca Belair at WrestleMania, which I think is, no offense to everybody else in this match, absolutely the right call. Yeah, it was the, the only call, really. I mean, one could have argued that you could have done some other people. You could have done Raquel. You could we, have done... Yeah, we made the arguments, but in the end, we all knew what the end result was going to be. Yeah, we all knew it was going to be Asuka. So, congratulations to Asuka. She moves forward to WrestleMania to face against Bianca Belair. And I'm looking forward to it. It should be fun. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, moving on from the women's elimination chamber, we have what I could argue was the weakest match on the card. Because it wasn't a match. It was an angle. Because it wasn't really a match. You had Bobby Lashley taking on Brock Lesnar. It was five minutes. It was a battle of spears and finishers and just... Spear, spear, F5, F5, spear, spear, um, hurt lock. Like, like it. I enjoyed the shit out of it, though. It was good. Like, it was entertaining, but it was like, it was five minutes of just bullshit. But you know what? That's exactly what it needed to be. Realistically, you can't... I shouldn't say you can't, but you really shouldn't have guys like Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar go out and do a 25-minute classic on the WrestleMania, or on a Elimination Chamber. You should save that shit for WrestleMania if you're going to do it. So, and Brock's it, not working more than 10 minutes anyhow. Yeah, Brock's going to do whatever the hell is Brock's going to do. Like, that's, he'll do what he wants. We all already know that. So he did his five minutes, he got his payday, and he's out. So, and Bobby Lashley gets Bray Wyatt. Supposedly, we'll see what happens Friday. So... My problem was with the DQ finish. I hated it. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was dumb. I, it's, that's why I'm calling it an angle rather than a match. Because it, it just didn't need to be there. I want. I don't want to see the match again. Let's move on to something new and fresh. And not go back to this matchup again. But we're going to go back to it in some fashion, some form, down the line. Because there was no winner. Technically, there was a winner. But technically, he didn't beat him. He got his ass beat afterwards. And he got dropped through a, through an announce table, and so did a referee. It's Brock for you. But no, there was a winner because I picked it right. Okay. <laughs> okay. I picked Bobby. I remember picking Bobby. Okay, good for you. 
moving on from that, we have Edge and Aunt Betty, aka Beth Phoenix, aka Mom, taking on the Judgment Day, which consists of Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley with Dominic Mysterio at ringside. This was fun. This was so much fun. Montreal. God give me Rhea and Beth one on one. That was great. Them just smashing each other with clotheslines was fantastic. Um, this crowd loved Dom. He was boys got some heat. He's got some real heat. They were chanting "fuck you, Dominic" repeatedly. We got tossed, and they were doing "na na na, hey hey, goodbye." Then he came back, and they started chanting and booing him again. It was it was fantastic. Um, yeah, it was a good match. I didn't like the finish, but that's me. The finish was the finish. Like it was kind of shitty. Like I, but... thought, I, I like okay, the finish. What they did was good. Who won was stupid. We'll make that better. Them doing the shatter machine was cool as shit. Yeah. I say yeah. Um, but them winning, Rio should have won. I don't know on that. Like, I will agree with you that in a certain respect, Edge and Beth certainly don't need it. But Beth also doesn't wrestle really frequent enough that I feel like it's a good idea to have her lose. Um, but then you had Edge lose two nights later. Thanks to Finn's interference, and he got, took a pin. Like, he could have taken the same pin. Like, the team, the Rhea's team, Judgment Day, should have won. That, that's that's me. I thought Rhea needs to look stronger and not, oh, yeah, we lost, but it didn't matter. I didn't get pinned. It's like, that's a, that's a BS way out. It's a BS way out, but it doesn't hurt her as much as if it had been, like, her versus Beth and it was one-on-one. Like, I will give you that. Like, if it was her versus Beth one-on-one and Rhea lost, then, yeah, that's absolute bullshit. But because there's Finn... And there's outside circumstances and there's other stuff going on. I can see how it's like, well, technically, Rhea still shined. Like, she still looked dominant. She still looked really good. It's just... I can see She it. lost. I can see you it. Know? But the lost. team lost. The team lost. I, I can see it. I understand it. I, I, I don't agree with it. If I but, was booking, it would have gone the other way. Yeah. But, I mean, in the end, Edge and Beth prevail. So, we can't complain about that, right? Too much. Too much, yeah. Too much. One thing we can't really complain about is the men's elimination chamber match. For the United States champion, you have your reigning defending United States champion, Austin Theory, taking on Bronson Reed, taking on Damian Priest, taking on Johnny Gargano, taking on Montez Ford, taking on Seth freaking Rollins. Johnny Gargano, you madman, dear God. God in heaven, sir, please do not take those kinds of risks. You are a father now. The Poison Rana to Bronson Reed, with help from, I guess, Seth, um, scary as shit. Like, cause... Oh my god. And then he did it again, the hurricane off the thing, off the cage, and it's like, dude, you're gonna land on your neck, holy shit. If he didn't fully rotate, holy hell. The, 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 the scarier one was, was the first one, but holy shit. I thought he was going to break his neck. Legitimately break his neck. To say that there were risks taken, to say that this was physical, to say that they all beat the living tar out of each other is a fair assessment of what this match was. This was a really, really, really enjoyable men's chamber. Very much like the women's. It was timed very well. You had the right people in the match at the right time. You had the right amount of eliminations. Montez Ford looked like a fucking star in this. Montez was really good. His his, his monkey or spider monkey at the top of, uh, of the chamber on everyone was really cool. Um, everyone shined. Austin Theory shined. Seth Rollins and Johnny Gargano as a team shined. They were they they beat up on on uh, Austin Theory a bunch. Him trying to go in the pod. 
He walked one way. Johnny was watching him. Then Seth walked from behind. He didn't know it. And then they they beat him, beat his ass in the in the in the pod like a phone booth, where two dudes just beating on him. That was freaking cool. Um, I liked how they 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 were working together. We're, we're just we're buddy buddy. They're sitting on top of the chamber pod, and then, and then I, they're like, yeah, we're cool, we're cool. And then he sla- Seth slaps Johnny right across the chest. There was a, and there was one other moment where he slapped him across the back. He slapped someone across the back, and you heard. Oh, it was Austin Theory he slapped. You heard that slap. It went. Ooh, that rang that rang a lot. Yeah, it's like that stung. Mm-hmm. Um, Bronson Reed was really good in this matchup. He's his fans really reacted to him well. Um, yeah, I thought they did everything right. They took Montez out with a stomp, and everyone bought it. Or some people bought it, Tim. And um, <laughs> thought he was actually injured, but it was a really good acting job because it allowed Logan Paul to get in the ring and just sell it and get in the ring. And so Logan Paul gets in the ring, costs Seth Rollins a match. Which is what we said last week. I said, like, they're going to find a way for Logan Paul to get in the cage and and do it. And they did, because that was the only way, realistically, you could do a surprise and set up the match with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Where people really weren't expecting him to show up. Especially being in Montreal, because everyone was focused on Roman Sammy. Everyone forgot about Logan Paul possibly showing up. We didn't. It happened. Overall, all six men in this match were, were fantastic. And... Theory retained. Which I feel like was the right move, especially heading into WrestleMania. Like, this match did a lot of wonderful things for everybody involved in it. Like, everybody came out of this looking better for it, which is very unusual to say for an elimination chamber, but I feel like everybody shined, just like the women. Everybody shined, everybody had their moment, everybody got their rub out of this, and they're coming out of this stronger and better for it because we got to see what they could do. This was, and, this was Johnny's best performance in a long time. He got to really show off his talents on the main roster. So this was really good for him because he's been in the stuff with Miz. And the Miz stuff was all right, but he never really got to shine in the ring. Was, ring. But yeah. this was a, his best in-ring performance since coming back from you know being a father and stuff. And the Miz stuff was kind of lingering too. Like it, it didn't do him or really Dexter a ton of favors there at the end. But yeah, Johnny... It did a lot for Johnny, but yeah, I'm I'm really thrilled with how this turned out. I enjoyed watching it, and I like that they had Austin Theory win, like I said. I think it's the right choice. It makes him look that much stronger. It legitimizes him as a champion that much more. It proves that he he deserves to be where he's at, not that he needed to prove it, but it's just one more proof, especially given the names that are in this match, that Austin Theory is capable of holding his own here and potentially when he moves on to larger things. He needed to win if he's going to fight the guy you can't see. Yup, 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 yup. And in your main event, the story of stories, the the hero comes home, Roman Reigns, your reigning, defending, ooh-woo champion, with Paul Heyman, defended the title against one Sami Zayn in his hometown, and oh god, the crowd. Oh my lord. Like, they were good all night, but we got to this match... And they told the story. They spent five minutes just chanting, once the bell rung. And the guys had to do nothing. And I told you that. I told you the crowd was going to dictate the story and the guys had to do nothing. And they did. Like, there were at least, what, three or four fuck you Roman chants before he, before the bell even rung. There there were fuck you Roman chants on the pre-show? I know that, but I'm just, we're talking about the match here that there were at least, I think there were at least three of them before the bell rung. Like, they were chanting at him 
as he was walking out. Like Roman, Roman did a wonderful job of selling it because literally he walked out and they're chanting all kinds of things at him. And he's like, what, what the fuck is going on right now? They were chanting it on SmackDown where it kind of, they had to bleep it for network TV. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Yeah. They told a great story. Roman. Roman was really, really good. Him yelling a lot. Him talking to the crowd. Him yelling at Sammy's wife, saying, "I was trying to help you guys. I was trying to make you part of our family. I was trying to take care of you." And, and her reactions were great as well. Um. Sammy, oh God. Sammy going over, giving her a kiss at one point was was a great moment too. I don't think any of us thought. I don't. I don't know how many of us knew that Sammy was married. I don't think I ever realized Sammy was married. It's stupid to think of that. But I don't think he knew he was married because when it was either you or Brent said, oh, his wife's at ringside, I was like, wait, Sammy's married? But just the infusion of her into that situation, and like you said, Roman Roman taunting her, taunting the family, taunting the crowd. This is the most animated we've seen Roman in quite some time. Roman just owned it. He just sold it. He he ate it up in terms of being a heel and really hammed it up for the crowd in terms of just being the bad guy, being the villain, because that's what he's supposed to be. It's the David versus Goliath story with Roman and Sammy. So where Roman is completely in the wrong, but he's going to do it anyway. So going back to Sammy's wife for a second, I only knew about her because they did a video on her on on social on saturday uh early saturday they put i never saw that they put out a video they they did a whole interview with her i never saw that like i when like i said when you guys said she was there i was like wait sammy's married yeah so yeah like that's not a bad thing no he's married yeah and a kid um which go them go them but no so it was like you got to they put the video i was like okay cool that was cool i didn't expect to see her at the ringside or anything but that was really well done. Um, it just added to it. Just added a nice little layer to a very, 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 very charged situation, where you have her watching Sammy make his bid for immortality. Basically, like, can he be the one to defeat Roman Reigns? Can he be the one to end essentially the streak? Because we're now on a two and a half year streak with Roman in terms of him being the eternal champion and absolutely nobody has beaten him. And if you look at the names that he has beaten, it's quite an impressive list. So Sammy Sammy made his bid for immortality on Saturday and just her rooting him on and cheering for him. And, you know, she she did a wonderful job of selling it. Yeah. So if you watch the match, if you actually watch it closely, they didn't do much in terms of like a big match. They let the crowd dictate everything and made every spot meaningful. But in terms of physicality, in terms of really big moves and big moments, not a lot happened because they didn't need to do it because it was all about Sammy trying to kick out, Roman yelling, and not having to go. Here's 17 table spots. No one needed to bleed. It was all about a beatdown and an underdog trying to overcome it all. And that's what made the match really, really good. Yeah, they just, they told a story in this where they let Sammy shine. They absolutely let Sammy play the part of the underdog. You had the hero versus villain tale, which is always a wonderful tale. Like I said before, Roman just absolutely ate it up and sold it. And the crowd really helped to make this. It's like the moment where (sighs) Sammy hits the Superman punch. Where the refs, we had like, what, two, three ref bumps in this match? Two ref bumps. And Sammy getting that pin and the crowd counting for him and counting to ten. And it's like, no, he had Roman beat, no. But then Roman tries to do the same thing and Sammy's able to kick out. Yeah. 
like, you know, you had those little back and forth moments and you just had the physicality around the ring and you had, you know, the infusion of chairs and, you know, the shenanigans that always come with a Roman Reigns match. Um, just the whole thing was just absolutely wonderful to watch. So I want to, I want to mention something. Paul Heyman on the outside every time Roman was down for a two, his oh, face, God. his face just sort of like, come on, Roman, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Like the emotion was, was fantastic. So Paul Heyman, one of the best additions to Roman Reigns, period. Yeah, so we had a couple of rough problems. We which saw the inclusion of Jimmy Uso. He made his way over the border. And then came Jay over the border. And Jay was in there and Roman gave him a chair and told him that he wanted him to do the thing. You know, put Sammy down, put him down and Jay didn't want to do it. Jay didn't really like go for it. And you you had the visual of Jay, maybe he's gonna hit Roman with it, but he didn't do it. He, nothing happened. And then Roman got up in his face, and they had a shoving match, and then Sammy hit the spear on Jay, and that took Jay out of the equation, and allowed Roman Reigns to get the win with his own version of the spear, and Roman retained, and yeah, then then the beatdown continued, <laughs> really continued, then Kevin Owens came Kevin Owens came out to make the save, and there was a moment just, just to send the crowd home happy, and... There's a moment Roman's getting up in the corner and Sammy's getting up in the corner and Roman and Kevin's like in the middle of it and he's like just backs away. Like, Alright, whatever. Do, you do you. And he hit the Hilufa kick and Kevin walked away and what was weird when he walked away is like he was trying to walk away and he had to stop and slow down because Roman was still walking out so he couldn't pass him on the aisle. He had to let Roman get away, get away first. I thought that was funny. That was hilarious. But yeah, no, I want to go back to Jimmy and Jay. Mm-hmm. Because the moment where Roman turns his back on Jay, and Jay's got the chair, right? And Roman's telling Jay, do it, do it, end him, do it. And Roman turns his back, and Jay's standing there with the chair, looking at Roman and looking at Sammy. That was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful moment, because you see Jay thinking about it. You see the wheels turning in Jay's head. Right? Of what has transpired over the past two to three years with Roman. Mm -hmm. And it's all coming back to him. And and really that resentment is coming back to him. And he doesn't know what to do, right? Because Roman, Roman has essentially done right by him by having him in the bloodline. But the way that he got inducted into the bloodline is really shitty. And Roman has never made an apology for it. But you have Sammy out here who's like, no, man, I'm your friend. I'm encouraging you. I'm going to stand by you. I acknowledge you. I acknowledge how amazing you are. Like, you see the you see the difference in the way that Jay is treated by Roman versus how he's treated by Sammy, right? And you see the dynamic. Even though Roman's family, Roman's essentially abusive to Jay because there's a point where he doesn't do it. He hesitates and Roman turns around and Roman starts pushing on him and getting in his face. And he's like starts to bully him a lot like what he used to do in the very beginning when he was trying to get him to join the bloodline initially. And so I think that's triggering a little something in terms of storytelling sense for Jay, where it's like, wait, 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 let's talk about this. And I, I really enjoyed this. I'm very curious to see what they do tomorrow on SmackDown, especially between Sammy and Jay, because here's my thing in the year of our Lord, 2023, where YouTube and Twitter, and every other social media platform that has video are present. I would like just once for somebody to go back and watch what happened, and watch Roman, like, sidestep Sammy, and he hits Jay. Because that's exactly what happens, because Sammy never meant to hit Jay. 
Roman sidesteps him, even though Roman probably would have landed on Jay anyway. But, like, I would hope that, like, Jay goes back and watches that and he's like, oh, yeah, look at that. He sidestepped me. But, of course, it's wrestling and they don't break the fourth wall, so that won't happen. But I would just like that once. But the storytelling afterwards was almost as good as the storytelling in the match because the moment where Sammy loses, right... You feel all the air go out of the room. It's so similar to when Taker lost at Mania. And it's not quite on the same scale, but it's like you just feel all the energy leave the room and the crowd just died. Like the silence when Sammy lost was deafening. Mm-hmm. Because I was talking to Wit about this during the match was Sami Zayn, this whole match with Sami Zayn, what he represented in this match was hope. There were so many people out here who wanted him to win. I was one of them. Rock was one of them. I think everybody on this network was rooting for Sami. We all wanted him to win. We all wanted him to see like see him do the thing because it would be absolutely amazing to see. It'd be one of those moments that you'll talk about 5, 10, 15 years down the road of hey, you remember when Sami Zayn won the title in his hometown like is that kind of thing and we all wanted it right and sadly it didn't happen like Sami Zayn still got made Sami Zayn will recover but we know the plan we knew the plan walking in which is the plan is Roman versus Cody the plan has always been Roman versus Cody but they gave Sami the shot because Sami deserved the shot and they will do right by Sami that's already apparent. He will get a tag title run, which is not the same as a regular title run, but he can always get that later if he wants to. I think more of my frustration with this comes is the day after, where everybody was like, oh my god, I'm going to cancel my peacock. I'm going to cancel my cock. I'm going to cancel this. I'm going to cancel that because fuck WWE. You know, they had the chance to do something with Sammy, and it's like, at least for the IWC, which is the people that I follow. I don't know why, but I do. Or the at least the algorithm serves me. You had to know. Like, we all wanted Sammy to win, and as cool as it would have been to watch him win, there was a plan. We walked into Chamber knowing there was a plan. People hate, when there, people hate when there is no plan. Like, here's the thing, okay? I'm just going to throw this out here. The plan was always to have Cody win the title at WrestleMania. At least we think that's what the plan is. The, the plan was always for Cody to main event against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That's the plan. Whether the title up changes hand or not, the match is Cody versus Roman for the title. That's WrestleMania plan. That's been the plan for a while. Yeah. And so you can't, as much as we all love Sammy, they're not going to sacrifice that level of a match because of Sammy. It also really does Sammy no favors. Because here's the thing. Sammy Zayn wins a, at Elimination Chamber. He has a wonderful, beautiful moment. We're all super happy for him. He builds to WrestleMania against Cody. They have a fantastic build. They have a fantastic match. And Sammy loses. It's very reminiscent of what happened to Bray Wyatt when he won his first title. They changed the title at Elimination Chamber. He went on to face Randy Orton at WrestleMania. They got a little kinky, but in the end, Bray lost the title. The The actual match itself, the actual run itself, didn't do anything for him. He actually went into a tailspin after that for a myriad of reasons, but mainly because they just it just sent him into a tailspin. The same could be said that it might be similar for Sammy. It, while it's great to see him win his first main title in WWE at Chamber, for him to lose it 40-something days later in really what's considered a placeholder sort of situation, that's not really what you want for him. You want him to win it at, like, a WrestleMania, and then he carries it through on a nice long title reign through, like, SummerSlam or something. Or he does that run with the title, he's a defending champion, he's a fighting champion, and then, you know, it's like Cody comes back, or Roman comes back, or Bray comes back, or whoever comes back for Sammy, 
and they're able to take that title off of him. So I can understand why they did it because Sami Zayn, that frankly, Sami Zayn doesn't deserve to lose the title 40 days later at WrestleMania. He doesn't deserve to be a placeholder. If you're going to put the title on him, make it matter, make it important. Um, so I can appreciate and respect why they did what they did. Did I want to see Sami win? Sure. Of course I did. Every, we all did because WWE told this story beautifully. Moment, they gave us all hope. The moment would have been cool, but it wasn't it wasn't going to be. We all wanted it. It just didn't happen. And you just resolved to it. It's Life goes on. You move on. Yeah, but it was just, it was like irritating to me because it's like, can we all acknowledge that there was a plan, that there is a plan? Yep. We all know what it is. Like they were very apparent what the plan is before, res- or before, I keep saying WrestleMania, before Elimination Chamber happened. When you hire a, long, a person to be your long-term creative the creative you know person where they're going to make sure you're telling long-term stories just know there's long-term plans yeah and i mean they've done a wonderful job with sammy they've done a wonderful job telling this story again this story was never supposed to happen it was supposed to be one-off and it took off and it went from being a one-off to sammy Zayn getting a title shot at elimination chamber and holding his own against roman don't get me wrong sammy will likely get another chance may not be against roman but he'll get another chance at the title because he proved himself, not that he needed to, but he did prove himself in this match. He stood toe-to-toe to Roman. He took him to his limit. Roman couldn't even win clean. Roman had to cheat to win. Yep. Like, that's that's the takeaway here, is that Roman could not beat Sammy. Roman had to cheat to walk out with his title. That's the message. And I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if Sammy doesn't make sure the same thing doesn't happen to Cody. And then Sammy walks out potentially the night after WrestleMania and he's like, looks at Cody and he's like, I want it. Any other thing is possible in world wrestling entertainment. But overall, the like, this was a great show. This was a fun show. I enjoyed it immensely. I thought the Sammy stuff was just beautifully done. Like, the, just the storytelling, just the consistency in the storytelling and the stuff afterwards. With Jimmy and Jay, because nobody expected Jimmy and Jay to be there. Nobody. We all know why they don't generally go to Canada, so nobody was expecting them to show up. So it's like when Jimmy rolled up, it's like, oh. And like, well, is Jay coming? And then there was Jay, and it was like, oh. And there was no solo, which was interesting. We'll see if he's there Friday. We'll see if he's there Friday, but I'm I'm curious to see what they do tomorrow, how they how they keep going uh, with with the story that they're telling. But I think that does it. What do you think? That does it for us, I thought you'd say. So, that'll do for another edition of The Rack live right here on the Wild Talk Radio Network, Saturday night, 9.30pm Eastern, we'll be Fortnite with Friends, followed by CB Radio, live, 11.30pm Eastern, Sunday night, it's WTR, Sunday night, Russell Talk Radio, 10pm Eastern, Monday night, it's Raw Push, 11pm Eastern, we'll be next Thursday night, 10pm Eastern, for another edition of The Rack, it's Rack Radio Show on all social media platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever. Just search The Rack Radio Show. It's at Wild Talk Radio on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook.com slash Wild Talk Radio Network. If you have that Amazon Prime link to your Twitch account, it's called Prime Gaming. Support the channel by clicking that purple rectangular button below the screen. Make sure you're also following this channel and turning notifications on so you know when we ever go live with all the shows and all the content and, and random streams from time to time because it could happen, especially in the future. Use credit code RocketSock or Linz M. Ward in the Fortnite item shop. Or Epic Game Store. Why? Because we are hashtag Epic Partners. You can follow me on most of the social medias at Lensward, L-E-N-S-W-R-D. You can follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Lensward. You can follow me on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Lensward or lensward.rackradioshow.com or just look for Lensward on the YouTube. I have my new reaction video for Dia's first trailer. 
up and available and good news everybody YouTube at least is reviewing the copyright strike on the 3.5 stuff so you can watch it while it's still available so please go check that out like subscribe ring the bell I will appreciate all the things go follow the twitch channel I will appreciate that as well use the creator code and while you're on YouTube once you're done with my content you can go over to Matt's channel go to youtube.com slash mbg film or mbg films youtube.com slash mbg 1211 there we go I got it right last week I don't know why I want to, like, just put YouTube in front of it. But anyway, go like, subscribe, watch Matt's content, because he's a good friend of ours, and he's awesome, and he has sponsored this show for a very, very long time. So with that, Rock and I are going to go. We will see you next week. Till then, you've been listening to Rock right here on WallTalkRadio.com, and we're out. Bye!